Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Voices for Change 2.0, the only podcast that focuses on mental health while mixing in movies, music, books, sports, and pop culture. Here are your hosts, Rebecca and Joe Lombardo. Good morning and welcome to Voices for Change 2.0. We are so glad to have you with us today. Yeah, thanks for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's exciting to be here every Saturday with you guys. Um, it's one of the highlights of, of our week for sure. We did uh, ha- have a little bit of a, a situation. We were scheduled today to have a two-hour show, and there was a bit of a miscommunication with our 12 p.m. guest. So we are just having a one-hour show today. So yep. sorry to... Uh, deliver the, the bad, bad news, news. Yeah. <laughs> but um we definitely will try to have her on again in the future so yep so uh really quick um just uh want to put out there to all of our american listeners that uh, we want to wish everybody a happy thanksgiving uh as it's this thursday and um you know, obviously we're we're not going to be having we're gonna, we're going to do a replay show next Saturday because uh, it's what you do on a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> so. Our producer is traveling for the holidays, so uh, we can't do a new show, which is is fine by us. We are looking forward to a four day weekend together. Yep. So we'll be replaying an old show. We haven't decided which one yet, but um, when we know, you'll find out. When we know, you'll know. In the meantime, copious amounts of Thanksgiving goodness will be eaten next weekend. So So we have uh, our guest in studio. Well, I guess I can't say in studio. I don't know where that came from. But our Um, our first guest today is a, a mental health advocate, a coach, an author, and the host of his own podcast. He is the brains behind the hashtag Anxious Writers, which we will delve into a little bit later. Please welcome to our show, James Prescott. Hello. Hi there. Good morning. Hey, James. Yeah. Well, well, it's, it's not morning here. for you. No, it's yeah. not <laughs> afternoon here in London, yeah. Oh, well, thanks for, uh, I'd say thanks for waking up early to be with us, but... That, that's inaccurate. <laughs> um, so. no, I didn't have to wake up earlier, too. But we're we're happy to have you with us, sir. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to be here. Do you have any questions for us before we jump right in? No, I'm just looking forward to um, talking about all these things that we've um, that you've mentioned already, and some of the other and some other things. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to you. So it's been a, it's been a while. Uh, since we arranged this, so I've been um, getting yeah. I've been excited about this for a while. So, yeah. 
week. Okay, great. Yep, we are we are rather happy to. So our first question for you is, um, when did you first know that you wanted to be a writer? Oh, wow. Nobody's ever asked me that before. Nobody has ever asked me that before. Um, <laughs> it wasn't like, I didn't sit down as a child and think, oh, I want to be a writer. Um, but I was always good at writing. Right? It was my... It was my strongest subject at school. Like I was always just, it just came naturally to me. I was, I always found it really easy. And like, and actually, like, I only really found out that other people didn't find it as easy as me, as an adult, because I was like, oh, I can write a blog post in like twenty minutes and five, you know, which is good enough to go out and you know whatever. And they were like, really? It takes me hours to write a blog post. And I was like, really? <laughs> Like I didn't, I didn't, I honestly didn't realize how easy writing came to me until a few years ago. Um, it just, it was always just the thing I was good at. Um, but I never kind of thought about being a writer. I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was younger. Um, it was really when I did a gap year um, with a charity called Youth with a Mission, which is a Christian charity, uh, and we had to do some written assignments for for that um, for that year, um, and you know the feedback I got from mine was like, you've got this gift and you need to start using it. Um, you need to start using it to help people and serve other people and um, you should explore this. And so that's what I did. Like I came back from that year and I started a blog and just started writing. And it was about, start with it was just just me on a kind of WordPress blog, um, writing about whatever kind of, whatever kind of crossed my mind to write about. A lot of it, a lot of my early writing was about um, faith and my spiritual journey um, for a long time, and I started, you know, I started reading a lot more books as well. And around that time, and I think that's when I kind of thought, well, it'd be really cool if I could write a book one day. You know, I didn't think I would write a book. I didn't think that I would ever get published. I didn't think anybody would ever read my my stuff. And about, I think seven, seven or eight years ago, I decided I, I got. I kick out the backside from a couple of people just saying, like, you need to kind of really take this seriously. Like, be professional. You know, like, right. get a self-hosted blog and, you know, try and write some little e-books and maybe a book. You know, just, you've got ability to do that. So, and you should be doing that. So, um, I did, I, that's what I did, again. And, yeah, I got I got so there, a decent <clears throat> following. Gone, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, so so you really had a lot of people behind you yeah, to, to, I I did. Yeah. I, I, I I just found people. I think um, I found people online. I found I found other I found writers blogs for writers. I started reading a lot more, and I get, was getting inspired by a lot of people. And I thought this is something I'd love to do. Um, it was a combination of things, really. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just started writing, and and I started loving it. Um, to start with, I think it was about my ego. Um, I wasn't quite as mature back then, and I was writing to be famous. Uh, I'm ashamed <laughs> to say that, um, but I had a kind of spectacular failure, and kind of stopped. And had good friends around me who told me I needed to, you know, sort this out because my ego was getting in the way of my writing. And um, so I took a break from publishing anything publicly uh, mm-hmm. for three months and just wrote for myself. And that's when I really found my voice and found what I wanted to say and started enjoying writing 
and enjoying the creative process. It's still my favourite period as a writer, actually, the time when I wasn't publishing anything, um, ironically. But, but um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's one thing is I found because I I kind of have a similar attack when I'm when I'm writing music is if I'm writing for me versus trying to uh, please other people or satisfy some kind of request or whatever just for my own pure enjoyment it just turns out better you know and you almost have that tack of I don't care what anybody else thinks I wrote this I like it you know this is really how I feel about this certain situation or what have you and mm. it it resonates more with you you know and mm. it's uh, it's honest you know and, and when you've got that honesty to whatever it is that you that you've written it'll resonate with other people you know people recognize good and you know they latch on to it and you know that's that's um you can't force it <laughs> i guess absolutely you can't force it i think that's what i did i just started writing i think it was on the train to work on my phone on the on the on a private blog, which is still out there, still exists. I never shared it with anybody. It was like an online journal, okay. in a sense, and I just wrote whatever came out. I didn't plan anything. I just wrote from the heart. And I started to find yeah. a lot of these things were saying the same thing and pointing in the same direction. And I thought, oh, I've got something here. This is something that I really care about. Um, I should write more about this. And so I, when I started blogging again, that's what I started writing about. And it was about creativity and the creative process and being authentic in your life and in, in your creative work and I started writing lots of blog posts about that and uh, wrote an ebook about that and, that and the ebook that I wrote kind of um, yeah it kind of broke my um, broke me a little bit you know because I suddenly got tons of people signing up for my blog um, <laughs> and that was that was a really great uh, great thing that happened and yeah and then after that I, I wrote a book and um, I never thought that would be published and then it was published <laughs> earlier this year and so now I'm working that's on awesome. my next book you know and so that's the kind of short version of the writing story um, <laughs> more recently I started writing a lot for Medium and I write for a magazine, few magazines on Medium I'm on the kind of list of writers for top writers for writing and creativity and things um, and I just started writing for Huffington Post as well. So um, it's really exciting, and I really love it. Um, you know, creating something awesome. that can help other people. It's just, um, you know, and I've, and I've been through, like, periods with writer's block and and things like that, and where I've had creative blocks and um, anxiety and fear about creative work has got in the way, um, procrastination, all those things, uh, perfectionism. <clears throat> These are all kind of to do with fear, and so I've, I've struggled with all of that. But you know, I'm still here, and I'm still I still want to write, and um, that, I tend to keep that writing. actually that actually leads into our next question, James. Yeah. Uh, is, you know, you, you've spoken about overcoming creative anxiety. Um, what does that actually mean to you? Well, you see, I've, I've talked to a lot of people about this on, on largely on social media, and it was. Um, this is why I love anxious writers, really. Um, I mean, in terms of 
creative anxiety, a lot of things, a lot of writers struggle with either perfectionism or um, just like writer's block, they just can't start writing. Or I mean, I talk to people who've been paralyzed, physically paralyzed by fear of writing. Um, fear of what other people will say to them, uh, fear of what other people will think, fear it will be rejected. Um, all of these kind of things. And it's all fear based, basically. And it's, um, and to me, and this is where kind of my coaching comes in because, because I, I started to realize that there's this kind of idea out there that somehow your writing or how good your writing is or how many readers your writing gets determines your value as a person. And like people get their security and identity and value from their, from how well their writing does or from what other people think of their writing or from the quality of their writing or whatever. And as I kind of started to think, and my own experience has kind of taught me this lesson really, that actually it's not about that, that our writing um, has infinite value because we made it. And because we have infinite value as we are. Like our value and our value as people doesn't come from what we do. It comes from the fact that we exist in the first place. It's like Brendan right. Brown talks about, you know, that we belong, we're enough. You know, we're lovable as we are. I mean, I call that grace. You know, I wrote a book about grace. Um, um, and, yeah, it's that kind of understanding of we are enough, we belong, we are lovable and acceptable and valuable as we are. And it's the same with our writing, with any creative work, that, you, that it's valuable because you made it. And if it changes nobody else, it will change you because writing does that to you. You know, um, I'm a great believer in the healing power of well, writing and creativity. When we create stuff, it it does something to us. Um, and but there's this myth that goes around with a lot. Of, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of people who seem to give the impression that your work only has value if it gets published and and you get loads of readers and you make money and um, you're popular and successful. You know, even moderately right. successful. And then that destroys people because other people think, well, I can't be like that. How am I ever going to be like that? I might as well give up. Or I'm not getting, or they start, and then they think, I'm not getting the numbers or whatever. I'm not getting people reading my stuff, so I should just give up. And they shouldn't because their writing has value, even if they're the only people that ever read it. And I believe that passionately. Um, and that if you just want to write uh, for you and it's only you that sees it, you go for it, you know. And so I wanted to help people who who were struggling with that, who were, you know, who were um, to help other people who've been where I, who are, who, who've been where I, where I've been, or who are, who are where I was, um, and yeah. so that's why I kind of started anxious writers, and I, I started this hashtag to see how many people out there had that had the same issues as me, and it was unbelievable the number of people that that had it that responded to the hashtag. Um, That's actually what I was going to ask you next. Was are, are you are you seeing our questions? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just done a lot of podcast interviews. <laughs> I know how these things work. <laughs> how many people deal with anxiety around their writing? Sorry, what was the question? I said, are you surprised by how many people deal with the anxiety around their writing? Surprised. Um, I was surprised at how many people were willing to talk about it publicly. Um, I guess I, I wasn't—I wasn't surprised as 
in a sense, I was kind of encouraged that that I wasn't alone. In a sense, I felt a sense of solidarity. You know, mm. uh, I thought, okay, these are people I can help, and you know, I'm not the only one who feels this way. You know, I think that's. I didn't. I didn't doubt that was the case, but I think I doubted that people would come forward and actually talk about it. Um, but they have. You know, we've got a little Facebook group now, and you know, there's a blog as well. You know, which, you know, I haven't haven't done quite as much with yet. Um, we've had a couple of posts on there, but um, the, I mean, the real focus of, of the project is, is really the um, the Facebook group, um, and my coaching as well is for people who um, who are struggling with this, and I help people overcome this kind of thing and build good writing habits and start to really find their voice and and start to you know do the work that they that they were made created to make. You know, that's what I want to do. Um, so that's what you know that's that's kind of everything's kind of linked to it really um yeah um okay uh sorry i uh i am dealing with a little (laughs) bit of a sinus issue over here james so please bear with me Um, you you describe yourself as a highly sensitive person uh what does that mean to you yeah. Well, I've always been. I'm an introvert. Um, I'm very shy, and I sound like like I like I am because I do a podcast, and I, you know, I like being I like speaking in front of people, but I, but I am quite shy, um, mm-hmm. and I was always awkward in social situations as well, um, and I always I've always been more sensitive than anybody than anybody else. I I know, and. I thought it was just that I was making a big deal out of it. You know, I didn't realize mm-hmm. that being highly sensitive was a thing that was in your brain, you know. And then I kind of started talking about, then I started doing some research and talking to people. And I encountered people online who were highly sensitive. And I realized this was actually a thing. So I did some research. And, and actually, there's, I realized, I, yeah, I, I, and the research was amazing. I was like, there's a hundred um, species which have this, have this trait being highly sensitive um mm-hmm. and 20 percent of human of human beings have this and it's something in your brain um it's basically a kind of your threshold of being triggered upset by something is higher um or lower depending on how you look at it um than other people <laughs> so other people might think right. so it's very difficult to explain because most people don't really understand it. Even a lot of mental health people involved in mental health um, advocacy don't quite understand it because it's such a, it's not really been talked about much. Um, and I'm really passionate about talking about it and getting the word out about this thing, this stuff, because what can, what happens, I'll, I'll tell you what happens when, when you're triggered as a highly sensitive person. Like somebody mm-hmm. might, you might be at a party, people might be joking around, having a bit of banter, and you'll be joining in and, You'll, you'll think it's really, really funny, and you'll like, you know, and but there'll be a point where they say something and it'll cross a line, and the line for you will be will be different from the line from most other people if you're highly sensitive. Um, but you still think it's funny, the joke, but something in you is really, really upset and feels violated. Um, um, and that's a that, that's a you know, that's that's not a strong that's not. Um, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Violated. Um, 
by what that person has said and that they've crossed the line. Um, and then, so that triggers kind of a whole load of emotions and you become tense and anxious and defensive and kind of upset. Um, and, you know, even though, like, your head, you'll be thinking, this is funny, why am I getting upset about this? You'll just be completely overwhelmed by this kind of sense of being violated and being hurt and being offended and that they have they have been and you'll feel and I feel like when that happens that people are doing it deliberately even though I know they're not doing it deliberately and um, it's a very complicated thing to explain if you haven't actually had it happen to you uh, if you're not highly sensitive because people could think you're being a drama queen and people think that you're you know you take things too seriously and that's a misunderstanding of it um, because mm. you just get upset and sometimes you react. You know, you just say, well, that's, you know, can you please stop? That's, I feel that really upset me. It's like, and they go, oh, stop taking things so seriously or, you know, stop being such a drama queen. You know, stop trying to draw attention to yourself. And that's not what you're doing. You're just upset because something in your brain has been violated and you're struggling to deal with it. Now, I, over the years, I've learned how to deal with it. Like, you know, I... Even if I'm feeling upset inside or uncomfortable inside, I won't react to it. I'll try to kind of detach myself from it. But there will still be a point where I have to kind of politely, um, without drawing attention to myself, kind of get up and go to the toilet or you know, go to sit in the other room or go to the, you know, chat to somebody else or whatever because I because I feel violated, you know. Right. Um, um, so I don't, and I try to do it now without drawing attention to myself. Because I know that right. generally most people aren't out to get me or aren't doing it deliberately. And they probably don't even understand. And it's not their fault um, because it's a very rare condition. And it's kind of something that people don't really understand. But it is something that's in your brain. It's not something that you choose. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's... Uh, yeah. No, yeah, I, that's, I, I, com- I, completely under- I completely understand that, actually. Um you know, we've seen it, you know, with, uh, you know, family members and, and whatnot where, you know, something is said or done and, you know, the reaction is, uh, you know, you're thinking, oh, well, I didn't do anything, but, you know, that's not the case. And it's, you know, you realize, well, it's not what I did, what I did or what I said, it's this person's reaction to it. And, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, Beck is, is very sensitive about things. And, you know, I've learned over the years that if I have to tell her, you know, like, like a piece of bad news or something, I I try and handle it with kid gloves because I know how she's Mm -hmm. going to react to it, you know, and it's just different things like that. You know, but um, I, I completely respect what what you go through with the sensitivity, and I, I understand. And uh, yeah, I think it's awesome that you're talking about it and and trying to bring attention to it because you know people <clears throat> don't have a tendency to understand when other people are you know highly sensitive about things. Mm. You know, and and they think, well, what are they? getting all upset about, you know, and, and they just, they don't get it, you know. Um, at this point, James, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're going to take a few minutes to, uh, 
handle handle a few things here. So we're going to be listening to Baby Blue Sky by Nick Hayward, and we'll be back in a few minutes. Great. Change 2.0. Uh, we are honored to have you listening to us today, and we are even more honored that we have Mr. James Pescott with us today from uh, London, England. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we we love us some England. And he's not on his cell phone. No, he's no, not on so his cell phone. He, he's not going to drop the call every every few minutes. So. We've learned our lesson from, uh, we love you, Karen. <laughs> we love you, Karen. <laughs> we learned our lesson from Karen Unruh. She was a fantastic guest, but didn't have the best cell service calling from uh, from the U.K. 
same. It can You're be honored, like I said, to have games. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm honored to be here. It's, uh, <laughs> it's 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 great to have you with us. And um, how important was it for you to tell your story and help out others with uh, similar problems? Well, yeah, I I really believe in doing that that we should all do that. I think everyone's got a story to share. Um, and when we share our story, then firstly we realize we're not alone. Um, and we get, we find solidarity and community, but also other people can get encouraged as well. And yeah, I, I, I really think it's just, I really have just have a genuine belief in sharing our stories and, and doing life in community, you know, and that's mm-hmm. just being honest about who we are. You know, the best places that we grow are when we confront the truth of who we are, when we confront the darkness in us, when we actually walk through it rather than try and walk around it. And um, we do that. We need we need community to do that. We need solidarity. We need um, a safe space. Um, and that's what I try and do with, with all the work that I do, really, um, is, is, is create that safe space. And, you know, whether it's in my writing or, or my podcast or, or the Facebook groups that I'm managing or part of, um, that's what I that's what I believe in. That's what I try and practice. And uh, I think especially the issues that we kind of, that you deal with as well, and that, that you know, that mm-hmm. you talk about a lot uh, in your work. And... Um, and I, I talk about those issues as well, um, to a certain extent. That you know, you need community. You know, that you know, this is kind of a, a daily challenge. Mental health stuff is a daily, daily challenge for people, and we need yeah. community to just. We need community because we need solidarity, and support, and that's really, really important as human beings. Yeah, it's. I agree. You know, we, we, you know, we're all in this together. You know, and. <clears throat> You know, sometimes some of us fall behind and it takes the rest of us to, to help pull us along and, you know, get us to where we need to be, you know. And, and, and you know, the great thing about, like, there's, we've said it before, there's an awesome mental health community on Twitter. And it's very inclusive and very encouraging, you know. And, you know, knowing that if one of us is struggling or having a bad day or whatever, there's... 10, 15 people that will jump in and, and say, Hey, no, you're, you know, you're, you're great. You're doing fine. You're, you know, everything's going to be okay. And sometimes it's just a matter of hearing everything's going to be okay to help you get through, you know, and yeah. loss is, you know, you, you hear people say that it's a dog eat dog world and everybody's in it for themselves. Mm. And I don't, necessarily agree with that you know i i think we're here in service of others you know and and to give others the opportunity to help us when we need it you know yeah so it's it's awesome it's it's awesome that you're out there you know showing people that they're not alone and that you know they can come forward to and and you know, just that they're supported. You know, sometimes yeah. sometimes people, that's what people need. Yeah, I know that's what, when mm-hmm. I first 
and you have to be careful because sometimes when you you first come online and you don't know anybody and you know you're struggling initially and it might discourage you um mm-hmm. but you just have to kind of stick with it and i think that's the most important thing once you start getting the feel for the community and and who's mm-hmm. a part of it and uh, what a general message is, then, you know, you can start putting yourself out there a little bit more and, you know, you feel, feel more comfortable. But that's definitely something that if, if you're listening, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're listening and you haven't made yourself available on the online community, at least on Twitter, just know that, you know, tread lightly at, at the beginning because, you don't want to jump right in, you know, full speed ahead and, you know, not get the the encouragement that you're looking for. Yeah. So just just take it easy with that. But but know that you're going to get supported and, you know, the right people will will come to you. They'll they'll filter out of the woodwork. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. James, can you tell us about your book, uh, Mosaic of Grace, and where people can get it? Yeah, Mosaic of Grace. Um, it's a it's an amazing story, really. I, I first wrote it four years ago, the first draft, thinking it wouldn't get published. Um, and it's it's a, it's a um, it's a book about well about grace, um, but in the book I talk about what grace really is, um, why it's important. Um, and how it can transform us and give us hope, and that it can be about it can be like putting the putting the pieces of our lives back together to make something beautiful. There's this uh, there's this ancient art called kintsugi, which is um, in the in the in, in the Far East, um, where they take broken bits of pots and they put them back together with gold laminate, and they make it into something mm-hmm. that's even more beautiful. Um, and that's a metaphor for, that I use in the book about grace. Um, that it, it got the kind of God takes us the broken pieces of our lives and puts them back together to make something more beautiful because of its brokenness. Um, and that that's a metaphor for grace. That you know that it's not about everything being happy and smiley and perfect. That actually kind of there's beauty in our imperfections. And that you know that. Even with our imperfections, we have value and worth as we are. And that if we allow grace to in in the door to confront the truth of who we are, the the stuff that that's painful and the stuff that's that's challenging and the stuff that's good about us, um, and we can receive that, then we can mm-hmm. be transformed. And um, I really believe that, and I've experienced that for myself. You know, that's kind of been my journey over the last couple of years. Has been confronting my own demons in a sense, like going um, into you know bad habits, bad um, ways of thinking about myself, bad routines. You know, and mm-hmm. you know, like I trained myself basically to sabotage my life. I trained myself to um, you know push people away and um, be defensive and be angry and overeating all these kind of things um, to cover to, because I blame myself for um, 
a trauma that I went through when I was a child and for my mother's death. Um, and I mm. somehow subconsciously blamed myself for those things. So I so subconsciously tra- trained myself to punish myself by pushing everyone away, by t- not taking care of myself, by, um, you know, by thinking of myself negatively. Um, and I hadn't done, there's a lot of forgiveness I hadn't done. And I've done a lot of inner work in the last two years. And that is what kind of what grace does. It's, it, it shines the light on the stuff that you try to keep buried. And, um, and it's painful and it's difficult when you go through that process. And I've probably had some of the lowest moments of my life going through this process. Um, some some of the darkest nights of the soul, you know, some of the loneliest times. But um, and I'm still in this that process in a sense, you know, because it's not like suddenly it's at the end and suddenly it's all happy ever after. Um, but but I through this process I've found a lot of freedom and forgiveness and transformation and hope. And that's kind of the message of the book is that, that I mean the book isn't isn't the story of the last two years because I wrote it four years ago. Um, but um, that's my next book. Um, <laughs> um, but um, but in many ways, it's kind of a, it was kind of a pro- prophetic word about my own life because that's the process that, I, that I've kind of been through, and uh, and I and I believe believe in it completely. I believe grace is the beginning of everything because grace is like where you get your value from. You know, when I when I coach writers, the first thing I we talk about is is not not their writing and not what they want to do as a writer. It's, who they are and where their value comes from, where their security comes from, and if it, and if it comes from their work, then they're they're, they're in trouble. And then we have to let let go of that and kind of be free and recognise that we already have value and that we already have value. And that's kind of what what grace does for us. Right. And yeah, that's Absolutely. on Amazon. Absolutely. Grace. So I um, love everyone to check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a bit about my book. Where where can they get it? Oh, Amazon. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's on Amazon. You can search Mosaic of Grace. It's, a, it's got kind of a broken red heart on the cover as well. Um, so you'll probably recognize it. Um, Mosaic of Grace. Yes, it's on Amazon. You can get that now. Please do go and buy and read and let me know what you think. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Well, tell us about your podcast and the uh, type of guests that you focus on. Yeah, my podcast, it's called um, Poema, which is, it's, it's spelt poem and then an A on the end. Um, mm. And that word is a word, again, it's from scripture, that um, where it talks about us being God's workmanship, God's masterpiece. So it's a, word, it's a word about creativity. It's a word about identity. It's a word about spirituality. And um, um, I launched this podcast two and a half years ago and it's basically a podcast where I explore those ideas um, sometimes I'm doing, I do solo episodes sometimes I do discussion episodes uh, sometimes I have really special guests and I've been very lucky to have some amazing guests on there um, and learned so much from all of them just from talking to mm-hmm. them um, you know I mean I had Rob Bell come on who was unbelievable just incredible um, and Peter Rollins, uh, philosopher Peter Rollins. Um, I had, um, I think I had Becca, Becca one week as well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And, um, you know, I've talked about all sorts of issues. I've had a neurologist on um, as well, talking about how the brain works and, um, 
yeah, mental kind of mental health strategies, strategies to help us deal with anxiety and all that kind of thing. I talked to somebody about that. Um, I've had people, I had Glennon Doyle Melton on, Sarah Bessie, um, and um, the band Gunga came on as well. Um, Science Mike, um, if you've heard of him, um, it's a great podcast in itself. Ask Science Mike, he, he came on. I've had some amazing guests. Right, if, if I, it would take me ages to go through all of them because it's done over 100 <laughs> episodes now, actually. So it's crazy. Um, and I love doing it. I really do. Um, it's on iTunes and um, you can subscribe there if you want to take a listen to some of the old episodes. And um, I generally launch a new episode every Wednesday. And yeah, um, I, I, love, I genuinely love doing it um, because... I guess I think I like talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I actually like talking, which for somebody who um, probably may have a, may have mild Asperger's or be a high functioning Asperger's, um, you know, he struggles with social skills um, and picking up social cues, and he's introverted um, and struggles to do kind of general chit chat conversation, and um, that's quite an amazing thing, really. Um, but I mean, when I start talking about something that I'm passionate about, then and it's about a topic rather than just general conversation, then I'm I'm away. You know, the kind of the adrenaline gets going. So um, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. I want to do so a lot You kind more. of get going on it. Yeah. No, I can <clears throat> I can appreciate that. I you know I, I do that a little bit if I'm talking about something I'm very passionate about, like. Uh, you know, music gear, for example. Um, I uh, it's hard to shut me up, and the wife can attest to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey James, you uh, you have also been coaching other writers with anxiety. Uh, would you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a quite humbling thing to do, and it's quite an encouraging thing to do um, and and I feel it's like a privilege really to be able to help writers who are struggling um, so I mean I do it in I do it within the context of in two ways I do it within the context of the group the Facebook groups that I'm okay. in um, where people share um, and I either have one to one conversations with them or I just reply in the comments and we have a kind of discussion there um, and I share about fears and anxieties and stuff about writing um, mm-hmm. The other way I've helped people is is one to one coaching. Um, so I have one client who they kind of thought they knew what they wanted to do, but they weren't sure about how to do it and didn't know where to begin and were a bit overwhelmed by everything and didn't know where to start. And so this kind of fear thing was gripping them. It was over, you know, it was controlling them in a sense. And mm-hmm. Well, well, the first time I talked to them, they talked about some of the things that I asked them what they were passionate about, what they cared about, because I wanted wanted to hear about them, not about what they, you know, I was trying to do this thing of let's not focus on what you want to do, let's focus on who you are. Um, so I just wanted right. to hear what they really cared about, um, and they talked to me about it, and they talked to me about this thing they love to do, and this this um, their 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 profession, I think, or well, the thing that they love to do was to help. Um, women do natural births and have um, births at home and help women who were going through pregnancy and all the 
challenges that brings. Um, and but this was nothing to do with what they were telling me they wanted to write about. And yet I kind of knew this is what they needed to be doing because the way they talked about it was just they had such energy. You know, like you were talking about, you know, when you talk about something that you love, you just get that energy from talking about it. So, um, and they kind of came to life. You know, all that anxiety just went when they talked about this thing that they love. And so what I did is I kind of worked with them and tried to get them to explore what they cared about and to just shift that Again, it's just shifting that, getting your value from what you do to just knowing that you're valuable as you are. And that kind of, and we did that, and it kind of set her free a little bit to just explore what she really cared about, rather than I'm going to try and do this because this is, I'm going to try and do this because this is what I should do. This is what I, I'm a writer, so I should build a platform. And I'm a woman, so I should, so I should be a mummy blogger, you know, because that's what women writers do. Um, and actually, her calling was was bigger than that, and it was her passion hmm. was was different to that. So as we worked together over a period of time, um, she started to realise this for herself. And I didn't, I didn't tell her. I never, I never once actually told her this is what you should be doing. I kind of gently right. nudged it and kind of encouraged it, <clears throat> and she started exploring it for herself. And now that's what she's doing. Um, that's what that's she's doing. awesome. So um, that's her job, and she's. Um, helping pregnant mothers, and she's she's got a Facebook page and a blog, all to do with this stuff, and um, and that wow. you know, and that's and that was like wow, you know, not even I could believe yeah. it, you know, um, that that happened, you know, because um, yeah, um, but and I was just so happy for her when when that happened, you know, and it's, just that's it's like happened. the light bulb went off. Yeah, that's when I realised I wanted to do a lot more coaching because um, that was the first person I coached and. Um, mm. That's when I really wanted to do a lot more of it, and you know I've helped other people with um, anxiety over writing books as well. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody came to me with well, like they've got they had all these ideas written down, jumbled up, and they wanted some clarity. So I kind of helped them break down those ideas into kind of a structure. Um, we just kind of worked together for a few sessions, um, and suddenly their book kind of had a bit of a shape to it. And suddenly the kind of all that fear and anxiety that they had about writing a book, which can seem really overwhelming when you sit down. Right. Because even if you really want to write a book, the whole like idea of it, like, oh, I've got a, because you've got to start with a blank page, you know. So it's like, well, where do I begin? You know, and it can seem really overwhelming. So just being with somebody, talking to them, being accountable, um, walking it through with them, helping them break it down, um, kind of eased all those fears and they were able to start planning this book and starting to write it. Um, so, that, I mean, that's another example. You know, and I, I, I really love helping people overcome their fears and their anxieties about, especially about writing, but not just about writing, about finding their, their calling, about finding their identity, about finding their vocation, you know, because ultimately right. there's so many crossovers between writing and life. Because um, life is a creative process. Like you, we get to create our lives, you know. Um, and either yeah. we, can, we, can, we can choose to either let life create us, um, or we can take responsibility for it and um, and you know create the life that, that we want for ourselves. You know, it doesn't mean that there aren't external things that will happen to us um, that will impact our lives, or that we don't have conditions. 
you know, I'm always going to be a highly sensitive person. I'm always going to have anxiety, you know. But mm. if you can kind of live with those, learn how to live with those things rather than let them control you. Um, and it's not easy. I'm, you know, I know it's not easy because I'm... Right. Because, um, you know, anxiety always kind of strikes. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not, yeah, it's it not something you get to choose. But if if you can try and get a way of acknowledging it and just saying, okay, I have to live with this, I, I'm, but I'm not going to let it dictate to me what I do with my life, make, let it make my decisions for me. You know, it, I'm not going to let my anxiety create the life, a life that I don't want. You know, um, and I mean, yeah. I know people who, I work with a publicist <clears throat> who, who's had anxiety and depression um, and and she she helped me out, you know. It was um, um, she was helping me promote my writing and things, and and she's got built a thriving business, you know, even with having those issues, you know. And she still has yeah. anxiety. The depression's kind of um, gone, kind of now in a sense. It's not gone, but um, it's managed. You know, it's managed, yeah. Um, yeah. And you wouldn't know she'd had depression. It's all really from. I didn't know she had depression when I met her. And, yeah, it's it's um, yeah, but it's but it's and but she over time. Yeah, she, yeah sorry, no. <laughs> no, just you you kind of learn over time how to manage it. You know, li- living mm. with Beck as as long as I have, um, you know, she's got days where you know the depression will get the the better of her and and. You know, she's lucky if she's just hanging out in in bed, you know. And then there's other days where, you know, she's able to uh, manage it and get up and and do stuff. And even though she's feeling down, she's still getting stuff done, you know. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the the days where she's able to get up and get stuff done, it's like, you know, that's awesome, you know. And the days where all she can manage is laying in bed, you know, that's, you know, I, I tell her that, you know, hey, that's sometimes it's what you need and don't feel guilty about it. It's it is what it is. And you're doing what you can to manage what you're going through. You know, um, I wanted to say really quick that, you know, I, I think it's awesome that <clears throat> when you're coaching people and you're talking with them, that you are showing them that they that they have value that they you know it doesn't matter what they're trying to do it matters that they are you know um that that resonates very very that resonates uh big time (laughs) Mm. big time is such a great way of putting it 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 very very much resonates with me you know and I, i feel the the same way about people it matters more who they are and you know, that they exist, that they're here. You know, um, I, I tell Beck all the time, I don't care if she gets anything done around the house. All I care about is that she's here and that she loves me and I love her. You know, I tell her that often. I've told her that for 16 years, you know. Mm. Um, really quick, because we're, we're, getting, we're getting down on our time here, James, but um, uh, really quickly, do you have... Uh, any advice for anyone that is struggling with anxiety but desperately wants to be a writer? Um, do you have any tips? I would say 
have have grace with yourself. Don't um, put too much pressure on yourself. Um, he doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and just try and do what you can every day. You know, if what you can write every day is a sentence or a paragraph and it's rubbish, doesn't matter. Just just show up and try and write something every day. Whatever comes out, don't it doesn't have to fit with anything. Just try and show up and write, you know, and mm-hmm. if things are really bad, you know, and if you can then just kind of take 10 minutes on your phone, like maybe think of a word or prompt or something, or just write from your heart and just write for 10 minutes and see what comes out without really thinking about without planning ahead, without editing, and see what comes out. Because I think that, that that's how I found my voice, you know, when just writing every day without really any kind of plan, without editing, just for 10 minutes, and just letting what was inside come out. Um, and that's risky, and it's it's you know it's dangerous, but it's also ultimately how you discover who you really are and what and what, what you're meant to write about. Um, but just take it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, just if all you can get out of a sentence, that's great. If, if all you can yeah. get out of a word, uh, that's 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 great. You know, just do what you can, and just build it up slowly, and don't put too much pressure on yourself. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and you're already enough. That's right. good advice. That is good advice. Yeah. You know, you, you, you know, don't put any undue pressure on yourself. You know, just, just try. Yeah. You know, um, where can people find you on social media if they're looking to learn more about uh, you and what you do? Um, well, I'm on Twitter. Um, at James Prescott 77 um, I'm on that's my Instagram account as well um, James Prescott writer on uh, Facebook there's also an anxious writers Facebook group and uh, another Facebook group called writers together which um, I'm which are all part of the work I do you can find me there that's all my social media stuff um, and there's my website which is jamesprescott.co.uk uh, which has links to all the work that I do. Um, okay. And yeah, so you can find me there. And, and please do connect with me because I, I will respond. I always like um, talking to people and connecting with people. So yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. That's great. Well, thanks again so much for for taking the time to be with us today, James. We we are very appreciative, very grateful to you. Um, we you. we love the message that you're you're getting out there, and uh, you know, stay, keep up the good work. Yes, please, <laughs> please keep up the good work and uh, stay on the line. Uh, we are going to ride out the show with another song from Nick Hayward. This is Perfect Sunday. Yeah. 
Don't miss the mental health memoir. Don't miss the mental health memoir of the year. It's not your journey. It's not your journey is the true story of one woman's 20-year battle with mental illness and her recovery from a suicide attempt in 2013. Rebecca Lombardo candidly reveals her real and raw emotions in dealing with depression, bipolar disorder, the loss of her mother and brother, and more. Pick it up today on Amazon.com or visit www.RebeccaLombardo.com for more information. Join us next week as Rebecca and Joe continue to battle the stigma of mental illness. Follow us on Twitter at Voices for Change RJ and on Facebook at Voices for Change 2.0. Welcome to Astro Kiki Radio. We are the e-news of astrology. Today, we'll be diving into the cosmic guidance from the stars, celebrities, and entertainment lifestyle. Thanks for joining us, and let's see what the universe has in store. Hello, and welcome to Astro Kiki Radio. We have an excellent show planned today. We're going to be diving into some cosmic guidance from the stars. We have actually a new season beginning this week as well as a powerful full moon. And we are going to be talking with the wonderful, beautiful, and talented Lauren White. We are going to also talk about some things like Coachella, which is happening right now and this coming weekend, as well as some hot news with Sam Davidson. So I am Kyle Thomas. I'm a pop culture astrologer, and I'm going to pass along to my incredibly talented co-host. My name is Aaron LaFaro. I'm an astro coach. That's astrology and life coaching together. Um, I'm also an artist. I'm here to talk about some astrology today. Hey guys, I am Sam Davidson, and I am an entertainment news journalist, a Hollywood pop culture fanatic. I know everything that is going on in Hollywood, the good, the bad, the ugly, and with this show, we're going to be talking about all of that and how it relates to the stars, but we have our incredible guest, Lauren White. Hello! Hello! Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. We met you, Kyle and I did, at the uh, Haunting of Hill House after party, right? And had such a good time. Oh my god, it was such a blast. <laughs> we had like the craziest, most magical night and yes. we made great friends, but Lauren also is an amazing actress here in Hollywood. She's been on Parks and Rec. She has a new indie film coming out called Portal. She's also an animal rescue like lover, volunteer, all of that. And we're just really excited to talk to you because you've been in this business. You've been hustling, bustling, working your butt off, and it's finally starting to pay off, which is a beautiful thing to see. And I am super excited to be here. I can't wait to find out what my stars hold and, you know, have you guys tell me how to succeed. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, we're going to get to all of that and especially all the stuff about your career. But before we get there, we, of course, are going to be talking about the astrological forecast for the week. Yes. So, obviously, the, the planets are always moving around us and they affect our lives in different ways by creating patterns and rhythms for all of us. Right now, we have two major things that are going to, begin, going to be happening towards the end of this week that Aaron and I would love to talk about. The first thing that I think we should address is the full moon in Libra on the 19th. So what, what, what does that feel? What are we, what are we thinking about that? Uh, so this, it's the second full moon in Libra this season, which is very rare to have two full moons in the same sign in the same year. 
Uh, it's the very last degree, just hours after the full moon, the sun and the earth change signs and Taurus season begins. The moon will also change signs into Scorpio and we will continue to feel this need to balance parts of our lives between the two the two energies. Totally. Thing. Totally. One thing that uh, collectively we all have been focusing upon is because Libra rules partnerships. So whether that's, you know, romantic partnerships, business partnerships, any important, you know, relationship that is a mirror to us, we have been collectively addressing and, and, and kind of, you know, seeing, you know, the balance, you know, as, as Aaron was saying about you know, how, how strong are these relationships and, and how do we want to either grow with them or, or evolve, you know, and, and some relationships will actually end because karmically they're not serving our higher purpose. So, you know, if that does happen to you this, this week, you know, don't, don't be afraid because you're actually being redirected to, to more fulfilling and better relationships. More in alignment with your path. Exactly. I have a question. So, I'm a Libra. Mm-hmm. And when you say, oh, there's this moon in Libra, blah, 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 does that, like, have any effect on the actual sign of oh, the person? 100%. Mm-hmm. Focus is more on you than, than elsewhere. So everyone's going to feel it. Everyone's going to have it somewhere on their chart. But if it's your sign, it's literally all eyes on you. Mm-hmm. You're on the focus. Yet another one. How, how are you at the last, the last full moon in Libra the very first day back in on March 20th? It was probably a hot mess. Well, I mean, actually, you know, I do remember this before because we were talking about it. It's so, you know, you've had a lot of significant transformations and, and culminations that, that have been happening in your life. And, yeah, you know, and so that's, you know, you are going, you're, you're, you're moving forward faster and changing into this next stage of your life because the things that came before with it being a full moon that, that creates an ending, a closure, and it allows you to, you know, move forward to the next level and begin new journey. Yeah, and, and again, the, the, the probability and the, the karmicness behind having two full moons, the first one was the very first degree of Libra, and this one's the very last degree, the very first day and the very last day of every season, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a bookend, like mm-hmm. where we, something major, new beginning shift, and then now major ending kind of shift into the new um, the season when it starts on, on Saturday. Well, very exciting. I'm just very happy that the uh, shadow of Mercury retrograde is about to be over. Yeah. Aren't we all? Oh, here. Yes. Yeah. Finally put that one behind us. Right? Oh, that was a mess. Um, this was the first time officially that I had technical, like major technical difficulties. What happened? Um, emails weren't being sent. Oh, God. Like you had to do that because we were trying to get in touch. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, it yeah. was showing on my Gmail that it was sent, and then I'd open another window, and it was just not a draft. It wasn't yeah. sent. I was like, what is happening here? Yeah. I've never had, you know, pe- I've heard about Mercury Mercury re- retrograde, and I was like, oh, okay, I get it, but I didn't feel it. Everyone secretly makes fun of those people. Yes. I mean, I wasn't, but I was like, oh, okay, maybe it's affecting you, but I don't, I don't relate. And then, yeah, I had like meltdown this time. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This one was a really tough one. Got some more believers from this one. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, so yeah, also uh, one thing that I think we should address is Taurus season. So we have been, you know, in Aries season. We, we currently are right now. And Aries energy is Fiery, the, the beginning, you know, it's, it's, it's leadership energy and it allows us to initiate new beginnings, new plans, new relationships and, and really create that spark. However, with Taurus season beginning on the 20th, I, I, I am a Taurus and I'm so excited about it because it allows us to take those initial plans, put those seeds into action and, and build the, the, the abundance and harvest that we want. 
So, you know, another th- we were talking about this the other day. So tell us about all of the amazing manifestation that we're going to be having with Taurus season. So to having Mercury lose shadow, we'll see oh. the tangibility of everything we've been working on internally, internally mm-hmm. within the retrograde um, this week. With Taurus season, Tor- it's, it's our planet, it's Earth, it's, it's Mother Nature. Uh, we're going to celebrate. We're gonna, we're gonna, we know it's the best. It's, about, it's a time to focus on our self-worth and what we truly value and, and, to, and to grasp grasp that and, and go forward with it and, and enjoy too. Fixed seasons are always enjoyable because fixed, fixed signs just want to mm-hmm. hang out and, and chill and they know what's right and what, what they want and it's about what you know you truly value. Totally, totally. And one thing that I you know really do love about Taurus energy is that it's ruled by Venus. So we have this ability to take pleasure within our lives, create art, make love, you know, build beauty in our li- in our lives and, and that's very important to me because I you know I am I am that energy you know I want to you know indulge in my body and indulge in my heart and and share that abundance and beauty with everyone that's around me because I'm very blessed to you know have the ability to do that and I, I just love making people happy so I thought you were about to say I just love making love and I was going to be like it's a time to celebrate. Different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is a dry spell up in this bit. So. <laughs> I love it. Well, do we have anything else coming up? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably, you know, a good flow for... After the craziness of, of Aries season, it's going to be a time for us to, to calm down a bit. So we don't bad on our retrograde mm-hmm. and Taurus season. It's a time to celebrate, like Kyle said, time to celebrate your body, our planet, Earth is another planet that rules Taurus. Mm-hmm. Mother Nature, celebrate it. Earth Day is in Taurus season. Mm-hmm. 420 mm-hmm. is in Taurus season. Times to enjoy, relax, and enjoy the hype of spring. Perfect, perfect. Okay. Great. So we are going to jump on to our next segment, which is going to dive into the depths of Hollywood. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Astro Kiki Radio. We are going to be talking about my personal favorite segment, which is about celebrities, pop culture, all the big stories of the week, and what's really going on in these people's charts, and if it makes sense as to the crazy, interesting decisions and things that are happening um, to these people. So my first story, Kim Kardashian, reality TV star, socialite, entertainment mogul, activist, she literally does so many things. But something that we never expected from Kim is to want to become a lawyer. So she has officially released a statement saying that she is going to be taking a four-year apprenticeship with um, these really huge lawyers, I'm assuming, to study to take the bar in 2022. And actually, California is one of four states that doesn't make you go to law school to take the bar. And, you know, let's not forget that her father was um, the late Robert Kardashian, who, of course, was on the O.J. Simpson trial and really helped kind of get him off. So it's kind of in her blood. It's not that um, crazy. Kim is also a Libra. So I'm trying to figure out from you guys, is this something that's really coming out of left field or does it make sense? I think it's a natural progression for her. 
Um, she's a Sagittarius rising, mm-hmm. Sagittarius and Jupiter rule the law. She's a Libra sun, like you said, fair and just. She's a Pisces moon, she's compassionate. Her father was also a Pisces. Um, uh, what's happening right now, Jupiter just retrograded in her first house, which is a great time to go back to school, to uh, get hi- that higher education, to put the investment into yourself. Um, what else has happened? She, the, Mercury just retrograded over her natal moon, mm-hmm. which could in her in her career in a, in her home sector. So she's probably just thinking about her father a lot um, because it's due to that connection. She has the Sun and Saturn naturally in the twelfth house of, of uh, or in her tenth house of reputation, and she has her Jupiter and Venus natalene Virgo um, in her in her ninth house, which is also that higher education energy. So and, and with Jupiter in a hard angle to her natal Jupiter. It's sparking up a new interest of of, of her direction. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I love all of that. I wanted to also highlight the fact. So with Jupiter being in her her first house of identity, she's changing her identity now, and she's actually in the luckiest transit for twelve years for her. So you know this this evolution and growth that's happening to her is going to actually really enhance her life and her family and everything going forward. The other thing that I want to actually make a big uh, note about is that we just had a new moon in her house of partnerships on the 5th. So all of this, this connection with her finding mentors and it, the thing about when in this area of your chart, it also has a connection with your relation to the public. And so that is one of the things. It's, it's not the same kind of thing as like a career achievement and fame. It, it's how you communicate with yeah. the public. So with that energy being here, when she's announced it, it makes a lot of sense looking at all of that together. Lauren, as an actress and someone that's been in Hollywood for some time, I mean, I personally, not a big Kardashian fan. I I don't love what they have kind of done to Hollywood and so many different things. But what are your feelings about this particular story? Are you like, oh, what BS? Or do you think this is possibly an interesting, positive way that she could kind of take her life and career? I have to agree with you that I'm not, I don't have anything against them, but Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily on board with that. Um, But that being said, if she really is looking to help people and use her fame for, I don't want to say a good cause, because it's still a for-profit, but, you know, depending, did she actually say what type of law she wanted to practice? I don't think she's officially said it, but we do know that she's randomly been involved in politics the past couple of years. She went to the White House to get that woman yeah. out of jail. Uh, that mm-hmm. was for like a small drug crime. She's also got helped someone and like paid five years of their rent when they got out because they couldn't afford it. And I mean, yeah, seeing her go to the White House and like sit down with Donald Trump in Instagram posts was a bit absurd, and it made yeah, made me yeah yeah not take her too terrifying. seriously. I know. I'm like, well, watch what you say about Kim, because I might not like her, but we're the same sign. <laughs> and, and, and Donald is a, a Gemini as well, a oh, fire sign. Well, yeah, we, we have a lot of those in the house tonight. So, <laughs> overall, we're thinking yeah. positive. Yeah. Jupiter yeah. goes direct, directly on her ascendant, and the full moon this Friday is exactly on her sun. Well, because literally, yeah, I, was, I was looking at that. Yeah, so <clears throat> Jupiter, her sun is 13 degrees. And goes direct at 14. Jupiter, yeah, it's going to go back. And her sun's at 28 degrees, and the full moon's at 29. So it's very, yeah, she's very highlighted right now. And for the next few months, until Jupiter goes direct and leaves shadow mm-hmm. at the end of the, at the in, in, in November, mm-hmm. it's complete time for her to overhaul her identity and, and what she truly wants to put herself out into the world. Well, hey, if it's something positive that makes people more, you know, see them in a positive light, I'm totally down and happy with it. 
Our next story is something that has been a huge part of the news um, the past couple of months. It's Jesse Smollett. If you guys don't know what's going on, I'm going to clue you in very quickly. Basically, at the end of January, Jesse was allegedly attacked in Chicago at night as he was walking down the street by two men that he said threw homophobic slurs at him, um, racist, they poured like bleach on him and tied a noose around his neck. It was horrific and all of the public was just felt so terrible for him. They also claimed that they were white. Yes. Which is now... They were definitely not. So while all this horrendous Um, There were a lot of holes in his story. So these two men actually, I think one of them was an extra on Empire. Um, They were both personal trainers. There was a check written from Jesse to these two men, which he claimed was for um, personal, um, what's, let's say personal workout services, uh, personal training services. And, but they got, like they were arrested and then they were released really quickly because they were totally ready to cooperate with the police because also, Jesse had gotten letter and a letter on the Empire set threatening him, and so they like got the you know postal service involved. And apparently, Jesse, what they're saying, sent this to himself. Um, very bad. He was arrested and released on bail, and all of that, and things were really, really not looking good for him. But next thing you know, they go into court, and I think this is let's see, March, and it's. It's fine. They released all the charges, nothing against him. Um, and there were certain people on the case that quit, that left. It was like very convoluted. So something was going on that was weird and dark behind closed doors. And it seems that he was off scot free. But then, just this past week, the city of Chicago is suing him. They are, even though he's not being criminally charged, they want $130,000 for all the time, resources, money that they spent helping him and trying to tackle this case. So I know we have talked off air about Jesse before, but of course, let's repeat this for our audience of what was going on with him, what's going on with him now, and what do you see kind of in the future, how this is going to play out? Well, looking at his chart, he has so much Gemini. He's triple Gemini. So much. It's so crazy, you know, and it's like Gemini energy is very, you know, like every, every you know, sign has a higher vibration and a, neg- er, a, a darker one, and he's resonating in a darker place of duplicity and illusion and, and all of that. And the Mercury retrograde. Wait, exactly square his sun and moon. Yeah. And correct, exactly square his ascendant. From his 10th house of career reputation and standing in the world. He destroyed himself through that. And Pisces also very deceptive energy. Exactly. You know, and it's it's funny because when I was looking at his chart today, I was just like, you did it to yourself. And, 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 you know? Yeah. So did he essentially, in a way, have a choice? Like, this didn't have to turn out this I'm way? Sure. He didn't have to do it. Right. He's also having his nodal return, so all the eclipses are in his... Uh, so you're in the nodes the direction of life you're going, and so the eclipses mm-hmm. for the next year and a half are in Cancer and Capricorn. He's a north node in Cancer, so he's reviewing his life. He's he's Things are shifting every six months dramatically yeah. for people, especially with that polarity highlighted highly, but just in general for everyone. Totally. Well, also, you know, looking at his chart, so I, I actually looked at the exact date that you brought up here. Mm-hmm. So his his fame and honor and his career are, are ruled 
partially by Aquarius and Pisces. On January 29th, the, t the Sun and Mercury were in Aquarius, which is his career. And then, again, on the 20th and the 21st, when he turned himself in, mm -hmm. uh, that was the day that Mercury was entering shadow. And Mercury was conjunct Neptune, which is a place of blurring facts, illusions, and deception. Wow. And, also, and Mercury also went direct. Is that crazy? Yeah. Is that crazy? I mean, I still, like, I've interviewed him on the red carpet before. I have always been mm -hmm. such a big fan of his. And I, it took, when people were first saying that he lied, all of this, I was saying this absolutely horrific thing to say about him. How dare everyone, but then when the facts, you know, and for someone to turn themselves in like that, yeah. I just, you know, right now he's on a beach vacation with his family, actually, somewhere. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he's been through a rough time, but, and it's also been a very touchy subject for people to talk about in Hollywood because people are kind of afraid to touch it because mm -hmm. they don't know exactly the truth, and these are really powerful people involved. And there's a lot of hot-button issues. You've got race, sexual mm -hmm. orientation, yeah, yep. yeah. hate crime. The yeah. irony is that Gemini rules facts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, really? A lot of shifting and a lot of illusion. And, and again, so the date Kyle said when, when he turned mm -hmm. himself in, Mercury went direct back with Neptune. Yeah. And the probability of that happening at all is very slim. So a lot of just, and, and Neptune also rules the media. So a lot yeah. of... And Hollywood. Yeah. And Hollywood, and Hollywood, yeah. and silver screen, anything on, on, yeah. on TV. So. It's like a perfect storm. I, yeah, well, and that's the thing is it's like, you know, uh, with us, you know, teaching people about astrology and looking at, you know, the things that are happening, you have, you always have the ability to... You know, direct, yeah, direct your life. <laughs> However, there are certain things like eclipses that are like these tent poles that are going to happen no matter what. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, I, I kind of look at it in the sense of, like, you know, between, between eclipses, we have the ability to kind of create our path. But when that eclipse hits, it's going to redirect you. So, like, you know, with you, it's going to rule money. You're going to have an eclipse in, in your finance or financial sector. sector. And yeah, so be like that's gonna happen. For me, it's communication and the media. Mm. So like you know, it's it's all of these different kinds of things. And for you, it's your career. Yes. Like, yeah. Talking to Sam. Right <laughs> yes, yeah. you're talking to me, pointing at me. <laughs> what do you guys see as far as what's coming up in his chart? Are things calming down? Are they going to continue to get well, worse? With, with Jupiter, I don't know how they could. With Jupiter now retrograde in his uh, house, we're going to be reviewing mm -hmm. relationships, business agreements, anything sort of, you know. He's probably going to get, you know, like a different representation. His representation is going to shift. They may drop him. Um because it's going backwards now. Yeah. Empire already, I, I stopped watching a couple of years ago, but I know that they wrote him out of at least the last episode of is this a, season. Oh, it, but it's been renewed though, right? Yes, but I also think, and what I've kind of heard, is that this could be the end of Empire. Some scandals oh make people want to tune into something wow. more, but this one did not have that effect. Mm -hmm. After all this happened, the ratings dropped for Empire tremendously. So he could have ruined this for his entire cast, who loved him, wow. or I don't, I'm, I still love him, you know, I don't know, but I think that he's either not going to be back on the show, or the show will maybe have like a half season order, 
or something. I, I, I'm not sure because I don't know if they were officially picked up or not, but I do know that this season, well, they've written the last episode. So I guess we'll kind of see where that goes, but things don't seem like smooth sailing. There's just going to be a lot of reassessment for Jesse is what it sounds like. Yeah. And yeah. collateral damage. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. It is because... Well, and so Jupiter's going to be going into his eighth house. So, and that's, that's like, there's enemies that are there. Oh, also, with the seventh house, that does... Rep- <laughs> that rules open, open enemies. enemies. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, like, I mean, he just is... Because what, yeah, what's happening yeah. with the two people that were the two personal trainers? What's going on with them? I mean, they've cooperated with police, and now people are saying, well, aren't they going to fight back now that Jesse is off scot free? But they essentially are like, we want nothing to do with this story anymore. We're just going to back off. But it's very odd. Like, our justice system is so messed up because there needs to be somebody blamed for this crime, whether it was a fake crime or a real crime, because if it was a fake crime, that's still a crime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it just just ruined it for how many. If if mm -hmm. he did fake this, how many victims are now not going to be shamed or not? Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's like, I mean, especially, you know, with the hot topics of, you know, his sexual orientation and race and all of that, like, it just it's boggles my mind. Yeah, it just, it just boggles my mind. It's like, you know, with us being in the Trump era, you know, feeding, you know, all of this kind of, you know, hate is just something that... It's, it's 2020 is going to be a good year, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's really... Yeah. yeah, and I, I don't by any means think if he did, and he d- definitely did something. It, it's, he's, there's, and I, it, it, everyone knows that he's not completely innocent yeah, with this. And, no, there's no way. He turned himself in. But the... And he let the city keep his bail money, which... Yeah. If you're totally innocent and your record's not sealed, wouldn't you get your money back? Yeah, but, you know, now his lawyer is saying that we're not going to pay you guys more money. How dare you? We want a public apology for Jesse. And the city of Chicago is, hell no. We are absolutely not doing that, and you're going to pay us for what you put us through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely really interesting. Second eighth house, actually. Yeah. 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 And regardless, there's no way that anything is justified in doing something like this, but is it possible that in Jesse's probably very angry self, you know, they're hurt, hurt their anger that he thought doing this would help, or did he, was it self-serving? Mars is in his sign right now, so he's very angry. Yeah. In his first house, oh, and approaching his sun and moon, so he's only going to get angrier before. And, and we wouldn't like him when he's angry. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm really scary, actually. Um, I'm sure we will have more stories about this coming up. Uh, but let us know what you guys think. Everyone, of course, has an opinion about this because it's probably one of the craziest things that's literally happened in the last decade in Hollywood. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Craziest stranger than fiction. Really is. So, on a bit of a lighter side, we are in Coachella season, everybody. Yes. I've never been, um, don't really, you know, I don't like crowds, but people love Coachella. It's a very exciting thing for everyone. It was just this last weekend in Indio, California, which is right around Palm Springs, Palm Desert. All the celebrities flock there. They perform, and some of the people we're going to be talking about as far as the performances, and they are performing both weekends, 
is Ariana Grande, first and foremost. She just had an absolutely epic performance with Sync. I believe it was yesterday they, mm-hmm. they performed. So, Kyle, tell us a little bit about what was going on with all that. Well, so basically, you know, I was, I was hired by some publications to do a very specific forecast for all of these top stars. So I had to look into all of their charts specifically at Disney. But um, it's, it's really interesting to kind of see how these planets are, are affecting them. The one thing across the board, I get about 15 of them, I believe. We're not going to go through all of them. But every single one of them has an area of their chart that's lit up and same right now. Of course. And it's, it's crazy. And that's why I was just like, oh, my God. It's just like the more I research and look into it, it just really boggles my mind. So... Uh, the first person we're going to talk about here is Ariana. So, with chart-topping hits, thank you, next seven rings, and break up with your girlfriend, Ariana's ascent just won't be stopped. Her impact on pop culture has been practically imperial, and catchy songs and sassy personality just add to the package. Ariana is a cancer with a Capricorn rising. This means that the sun will be dancing through her fame sector the first weekend, all, all the time right now, giving her an immense amount of extra star power. A full moon also falls in yet another fame region for her on the 19th, which is coming up, spilling an immense illumination on her throughout the second weekend, too. Ooh. Yeah, right? So that's a Libra moon. Yeah. So then during the second weekend, uh, expect to see her bringing even more edge to her performances, likely on an adrenaline rush from the first weekend. Also, with Venus and Mercury gracing her fame sector, too, she's guaranteed to be announcing some exciting news in the press. Like, there's, I know that's going to happen. So there's going to be something of that nature. Um, so, yeah, so if you do have the opportunity to go to Coachella or went already, I am predicting that the second weekend is actually going to be better. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. I love that. And next, we are going to talk about Childish Gambino, who people just love, you know. <laughs> Everyone loves them, loves, well, loves him. So tell us what's going on with those performances. Yeah, absolutely. So Donald Glover's music has been catching the airwaves and building controversy, especially with the, his powerhouse piece, This Is America. A multi-talented artist, an actor, comedian, musician, <coughs> Donald has a very special glimmer upon him, this Coachella from the stars above. As a Libra sun with a Virgo rising, we will see him radiating as one of the biggest powerhouses at this festival. Throughout both weekends, the sun will be dancing through many public places in his chart, gifting him with more confidence and force when relating to crowds of people. Also, uh, Mars, the planet of passion, will be igniting his career sector the entire month, which means that he's going to burn that house down the entire time. Um, The second weekend, though, is when his power is truly going to be shining. Not only will there be a full moon in his sign, gifting him with a spotlight above the other performers, Mercury, planet of communication, and Venus, planet of grace, will be gliding into his relationship sector. This is going to allow him to be more eloquent and affect people's heartstrings more. Oh, yes, everyone loves him. <laughs> Literally, boys, girls, everybody has a massive crush on him. What are, what are your feelings on Donald Glover? I think he's immensely talented. I don't necessarily have a crush on him, but I have immense respect for him. Yeah, he's done some really, really cool things. And this next artist we are going to be talking about, Janelle Monet, who's really come onto the scene big in the past few years. She has a lot of fans out there. So let's talk about her performance and 
performance is. And, you know, a lot of people know about her, but a lot of people still don't that aren't in mainstream pop culture, all that. Is this going to be a new start for her to kind of open up her horizons? But, yeah, I love that you even phrase it that way, because, yes, so... Janelle has been on a path of world domination, and her immense talent and magnetic voice, we all understand why she is, you know, becoming this. Whether she's moving to yoga or make me feel, her spirit combines with her voice to echo within our souls. As a Sagittarius with a Virgo rising, Janelle's stars are packing a punch at this year's Coachella. During both of her performances, the mighty and fiery sun will be thundering through her creativity sector. This means that not only will she be able to inspire others, she's going to be feeling more artistic and adventurous when she's doing the performances. Whenever this occurs, we can see artists taking chances and living on the edge when it comes to their art. That always happens when this kind of thing is being highlighted. Also, Mars' planet of passion will be energetically connecting her to both the public and her closest relationships. So this bodes well when it comes to syncing with audiences, but also talking about social issues which are closest to her heart. She's very passionate about that. Um, last, with Jupiter, the planet of luck and fortune, gracing her sign the entire month, this is going to be one of the biggest years of life. Not only will she be starting new beginnings this year, but Coachella will be one of those launching points even bigger and better things. So expect to watch her global impact literally grow from here. Ooh, I love it. I really love her. And I think she's just, honestly, she's like a really kind-hearted, gentle person. So I can't wait to see her rise. And that's one of my favorites, Zed. I think he is so charming and cute and very talented, even though I'm not necessarily a fan of that kind of music, but I love his music and the collaboration So for Zed, uh, as a record producer, DJ, multi-instrumentalist, and song Zed Rothkowitz worldwide for years. It's a titan working alongside mainstream that is passionate about making beats that, that you can't get out of it. As a Virgo, he has an attention to detail that no other sign can match. Because of this, he's able to, to perfect music in such a way that it's practical for For Coachella this year, we can expect to see his first weekend packing more of a punch, though, because Venus and Mercury will be, will be great that will allow him to the crowd. Uh, Venus will get him with a creative edge to get uh, the crowd screaming more, while Mercury will be spinning a web of surprises when it comes to his decisions on the game. Uh, both weekends, though, he will receive firepower from Mars, which will be in his center of staying the entire month. So clearly, the stars are really I've dealt with this puck before. Yeah, he, he is probably, if you guys don't know who he is, you've probably heard his his beats like a million times. He's worked with some of the most famous pop artists there possibly are. Um, lastly, we have Billie Eilish, and I think this is a really fascinating one to do because she's recently really blown up. Spotify has done this entire, essentially, exhibit for her in Los Angeles, and people are just really digging her. So tell us about what's going on with her. So as a prodigy in pop culture, Billie has risen to glory through her sheer voice. Blessed with a hint of magic because she is a Sagittarius sun with a pointy rising. She is peering into the very depths of the human soul. Her voice echoes hauntingly no matter if she's crying out hits like bury a friend or when the party's over. This year's Coachella will allow her to spread her ethereal wings and cast a spell over all who hear her. 
With Jupiter in Sagittarius, this will affect her in two ways. She will not only shine like a beacon, but it'll also intrinsically matter. There's nothing you can do. Mars will be giving her an extra strength when it comes to the crowd and both performances, but it'll be especially fascinating to watch how Venus and Mercury affect the first weekend of Coachella, both Venus yeah. and Mercury will be gifting her with an immense and hypnotic almost like a sorcerer. However, both planets will cross on into her center of creativity for the second weekend, promising that she will, she will be practically channeling the divine before the crowd. There's something about her that's almost like angelic or like godlike, and she knows it, and she's just, she's just rocking it. So. She's got that witch energy. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, that wraps it up for Coachella, but we have one other segment that I love, which is my select WTF. That means, for everyone that doesn't know, this is something that people have always been curious about, confused about within celebrity culture. A lot of these are celebrity relationships, pairings, love triangles, and especially pairings that don't seem like they necessarily Mine for this week is Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson, and of course the entrance of Pete Beckinsale in this entire equation. So for those that don't know, let me just give a little bit of a timeline breakdown of everything that went on with Ariana and Pete to begin with. So first they met in 2016 when Ariana was on Saturday Night Live. And they were both in relationships at that time. Ariana was with the late Mac Miller, and Pete was with Cassie David, who actually, some people don't know, is the daughter of Larry David, of Curb Your Enthusiasm. So she's a very powerful woman as well. And then Pete was giving for all of these, like, really amazing catches. Yeah, I mean, I just have to say, like, I, yeah, I think it must be, like, big, big Pete. I just have to say, I don't know, you know, I, I, I think he's attractive. We've thought of about, I've thought about this with people before, but it's weird. It's one of those things that you see all these beautiful women attracted to him, and it makes him hotter. Um, it's just a natural thing. So then cut to two years later, May of 2018, Ariana announced that she ended her relationship with Mac Miller, and then literally days later, Ariana and Pete were spotted together, and next thing you know, Pete announced his breakup with Kathy David. Then the two, Pete and Ariana, officially announced their relationship towards the end of May of 2018, and they even got matching tattoos right away. Things were moving super fast. They were extremely obsessed with each other. Then June 12th of 2018, they were officially engaged. Like, this happened so fast, it made no sense to anybody. And the months that followed, the two, like, took PDA to a whole new level. It was odd, and everyone was like, this literally is a car that is about to crash. You could see it. Everybody could see it. Even people that don't feel with astrology or are intuitive. You're just like, wow, that's not going to end well. And then in October, they announced their split um, after only five months of dating slash being engaged. Pete went off the deep end for a bit. He has had a past with, like, you know, mental health issues, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, and he was basically going off saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to end it. And meanwhile, Ariana's ex, Mac Miller, died from a drug overdose, and it was extremely tragic, and that, in a way, seemed to kind of be the catalyst to the end of uh, Pete and Ariana's relationship. So they are broken up, and then next thing you know, after that, uh, Pete meets the beautiful, 
stunning, yet 20 years his senior, Kate Beckinsale. She, I mean, she's literally a powerful goddess. I, I've always loved her, but whoa, very random. They went home together at a Golden Globes party in January, and since then they've been spotted packing on the PDA. So my question for you guys is, what was going on between Pete and Ariana astrologically? And is Kate kind of just a flash in the pan? And was Mac really Ariana's soulmate? Like, this is a huge, interesting mess, and I kind mm -hmm. of love it. I mean, Pete has good chemistry with both of them. Astrologically, they're both a great fit for him. Um, in terms of the timing... So what are so what is Pete? What's Ariana? So, so Pete is a Scorpio sun. He is mm -hmm. moon is either in Capricorn or at the very end of Sagittarius. I couldn't find his ascendant. We don't have his birth time. We don't yeah. have Kate, Kate Beckinsale's either. Birth yeah. time either. But she's a Leo sun with a Gemini moon. Now Ariana is a Cancer sun with Capricorn rising Libra moon. Ariana has a Taurus Venus, um, and Pete has a Venus in Scorpio, so they're opposites. So we're dealing with polarities, a yin and yang of each other. And she's a Virgo Mars, which pairs very strongly with, with Scorpio as well. He has a Sagittarius Mars. Um, and she's, both of him and her have a Sagittarius North node. So you got you, you mentioned this, the polarity between their signs. Is that like magnets? Where yeah, they're yeah. attracted? Yeah. yeah. So I think the yin and yang about two houses the same color. But like... But they, they're drawn they're to cool. each other, even though maybe they don't work. They're also they like cool? hard mirrors of each other. So yeah. It's like things you put on others that you can't accept that's also part of yourself. Is yeah. that similar to uh, like a twin flame? No, no. The twin flame in astrology would be signified by a few other things. But, yeah. Um, placement. Placement, mm -hmm. of, of mm -hmm. something called a vertex as well, mm -hmm. um, which is a calculated point. Um, Come on, Sam, the vertex. I, obviously, you know, <laughs> hopefully you guys are a, a little bit clueless as as we are, as me and Lauren are. You know, we have some questions, but it's okay, they're not twin flames. Well, they they could they could be. We don't have yeah. exact birth times of, mm -hmm. of some of the players to, to kind of really to really see. But there's point that having that polarity is a, is a strong enough pool. Yeah, already, and then especially if his if his moon um, was being Capricorn, which would fall in her first house and be up her son and having another polarity there um, and then uh, they, his Mars aspecting her north node, north node in the direction of your life so anytime you, if you're looking in, in terms of long-term relationships as well anything aspecting either of the nodes what's called the vertex um, would be a, a signifier of something long-term or, or a pool so basically mm -hmm. his energy and the way he puts himself out there um, his divine masculine She's drawn to that. It, it helps her soul direction in its life. Um, for Kate, she is she's very fiery as well. She has a Capricorn North Node, so she kind of starts. You can see how she starts to fall into everything. Um, with the Gemini Moon that's opposite his Sag Mars, she also has a Mars in Aries, and, and Aries and Sagittarius have amazing chemistry. I'm with an Aries and Sagittarius. Um, so their their Marses are trining each other. Um, Mar Aries falls in. in Sagittarius is fifth house of, of true love and romance from his Mars perspective. That's some hot sex. Um, and she's a Virgo Venus, Venus, which again pairs well with his Scorpio um, and and, um, uh, and Leo as well with her Leo Sun aspecting and her Aries Mars. His his uh, Mars and Sagittarius completes a grand fire trine, so it's just fire energy. So that's why they, that's. She's hot for him. He's hot for her, and mm -hmm. she's gorgeous and beautiful. And she and is. does not even remotely look twenty years older than him. Can no. we just <laughs> say how not like the she's woman not doesn't age? No. <laughs>
feel like she's Good. a vampire. If anyone's a vampire of Hollywood, she it's definitely Kate. Okay. Yeah, it was Underworld. Really? Underworld? Real. Yes. Okay. Seriously. What about what about Mac Miller? I'm just a little bit curious. Uh, yeah. So I just I kind of want to like. Yeah, I feel like you really, really hit all of that, like really well, really well. So I feel like when it comes to Ariana, at least with you know, so she's a Cancer, Capricorn rising. Pete is a Scorpio, so obviously water energy is very passionate and intense. Um, but also Matt Miller, he's a Capricorn and then Moon is in Cancer. So you know, with that polarity again being drawn to her, I mean, she, I think that energy is, is stronger. That you know, is stronger than that her connection with. Pete. So sad. Like, like he's not here anymore. Yeah, I mean it's powerful. Yeah, mm-hmm. and with yeah. his ascendant being an Aquarius and her moon being a Libra, and yeah. that's an air sign. That's like an element. So yeah, another strong um, pull. And then the Aquarius would fall in Libra and fifth house of true love and romance. Yeah, yeah. So his ascendant falling in her, he had the look of love for her. Oh. Interesting. Well, that gave me a little bit more clarity about this hot mess of all these hot couples in Hollywood. Next, we of course are interviewing our very special. Guest Lauren White. We really appreciate you being here. We wanted to give you a little bit of a gift. Oh, am I supposed to open it? Yes. So this is from our sponsor, actually, Love by Luna. And these are two different nail polishes. Kyle, what two nail polishes are they? So we have a new moon nail polish as well as a full moon nail polish. So what you basically can do is, you know, use them to manifest different desires. So on a new moon, it's going to be something that you're starting to be getting. You're, you're, you're launching things tangibly, yes. And then the full moon one is going to be manifestation. It's bringing, so it gives you more power, more potency. So, and, and they're also crystal infused, so they have very specific energetic qualities. And I'm so excited to say you guys can't see this, but they're cruelty-free and vegan right on the front. Yes. And again, guys, love by Luna, who has been such a big support of Kyle and of this podcast. They have amazing, amazing stuff. You can go online and find the website at lovebyluna.co. And they have all these different products. They have a lot of these amazing articles that Kyle has uh, written for them. And there's a lot of cool stuff going on. So let's get into everything that's going on. Do I have to pay attention? I can't look at my... Yes. You have to pay attention now. So Lauren is a Gemini, and we're going to talk a little bit about her career. Yes. So, uh, I mean, give me all the goodies. If right. something else I need to know. <laughs> well, there was a big focus on career, you know, in March, and then we had a retrograde that was kind of shaking some things up for you. So you probably were redirecting either some certain projects or publicity or, you know, kind of like your relation to growth, you know, and, and, and taking things to the next level. The big date for the entire year, specifically for you, though, is September 15th. That's going to be a full moon in that sector of your life, and it's going to be very powerful for you. Um, it is going to be a great, it's a great full moon. I'm really looking forward to that period. We're going to text you on that day. I'm going to put a calendar note. I'm like, how's your day? How's it going? Right. Well, Has it happened yet? <laughs> well, and the thing is, with a full moon, it's because of the culmination, usually things happen around it. So the, the, the exact date is usually the most powerful one, too, but I would expect anywhere from September 11th to the 17th. I'll to be it. really, really potent for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the main thing. Did you want to talk about her income? 
Oh, yeah. For in uh, mid-Cancer season to mid-Leo season, so basically all of July, Mercury's going to return again from Leo back into Cancer. It's going to highlight your communication sector as well as your earned income. Um, and that earned income, it's gonna, with the retrograde there, you're going to be finding more of an emotional and mental balance within that realm, as well as reviewing um, your patterns and things about self-worth, which direct, cor directly correlates to your earned income. Um, so, so build up your self-worth, love yourself, uh, treat yourself too, and you'll increase that income, especially um, once Mercury will leave shadow in mid-August. Totally. Awesome. Also, uh, with Jupiter is, like, is the planet of miracles and good fortune and kind of just like opens doors for you, it's going to be in your seventh house, which is all of your important relationships. So if you are in a significant relationship right now, things can go to the next level and you can grow more you know, in unison. Also, you have an opportunity to really uh, amplify any of your business relationships. So if you want to get a better manager or agent or publicist, any of those things can actually happen for you. So what you're going to need to do is you need to go out there and find them. And you're going to have more opportunity to negotiate a higher rate. Someone that's going to really support you very well. Uh, as well as, uh, like I said, this, this can be in relation to the public as well. Uh, and I would say since specifically it has to do with Sagittarius energy, you're dealing with your own personal philosophy and belief system. Um, you want to make sure that your inner ethics and morals are matching your outer um, actions in this area, especially so when it comes to relationships, um, and also reviewing how your own, again, your beliefs are structuring the relationships you're attracting into your life. Oh. And, how, and conversely, how those then relationships um, are either assisting or hindering in your expansion of mentally and physically. Oh, also, too, one thing that I would kind of talk about is like, so if you're looking to collaborate with anyone, that person is going to bring more opportunity to you. So, you know, you could be writing something together. You could be, it could even be in the sense of, like, let's say you have a, an incredible director for a photography that you love to work with, or a director. You know, forging those, those relationships and, and really, you know, leaning on them and, and, and seeing the balance with them is going to take you to the next level. Last year, this same kind of energy was happening with me. So I was, you know, not only, you know, exploring the imbalance in my romantic relationships and seeing what I ultimately need, but also I was focusing on, you know, like Chris Salvatore is one of my favorite people and he's an incredible actor. He's awesome. And yeah, and I, and I love him so much. Like we, I, I hung out with him this weekend, but he, you know, we we built this incredible collaborative relationship, you know, so. You know, that, you know, was an important growth for me. I've had important business relationships. I got new management, you know, I've all of these kinds of things, and that's happening for you until the summer. From now until the summer? Yeah. And it started last November, too. So yeah, it's been a lot of time. Um, and, and it's just, it's only in a, you're going to develop it even more and more mm -hmm. as it goes. Has there been like a certain time in the past year where things maybe necessarily didn't go exactly, and we don't need to talk about what, but like as you had planned, and when was that? So, because I'm just always interested, what was going on a little bit astrologically, like for you, you know, at a time when something didn't seem to exactly be working out the way you wanted it to? That's a really good question. <laughs> I feel like I have 15 different answers for it. <laughs> um, 2017 was kind of a rough year, just not 
so much for me personally, but like things happening to other people that then affected me. Yeah. Like they died. Where were the uh, up until November? That was Leo. Leo, Leo was crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So what does that mean? So for you, that would have been Yeah, Were any of these siblings or your father? Thankfully, or? no. My grandmother passed away. Okay. So there's, during that time, like, for Gemini, per se, or, you know, yeah. what what seemed to have made sense for everyone? All of, of Saturn, Saturn was in Sagittarius. No, Saturn was already in Capricorn. Uh, oh, in 2017. I'm thinking of 2018. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so that's why it was happening. It was so, very okay. rough Sorry, I'm making a pull from your socks. Right? Well, no, okay. <laughs> Saturn is the planet of, like, hardship and difficulty, and it forces you to essentially face an obstacle in order to grow. Yeah. So, with it being directly across the sky from you, it meant that you were actually opposed by Saturn. It was bringing hardship into your life in order for you to to face it, to, to become stronger. Wow. When my mother's a Gemini as well, she was physically attacked in 2017 and victimized exactly the day wow. when it opposed her. It was it, like, it, wow. now, you know, and it, and it was traumatic, it was awful, it was so, so, so bad, but now she's, you know, touring and, and, and teaching people about, you know, self-protection and, you know, like really making an incredible impact because if that had never happened, she wouldn't have anything to pull from. Yeah. Wow. You know, so, but totally, yeah, that's, that's, that's what it was. Yeah. That Sorry. makes so much sense. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I know. And hopefully we've opened your eyes a little bit and everyone that is listening but next we have our very fun segment, and I am the uh, administrator of it this week, so bang, marry, kill. These are all people that are Aries, and here are the three. Lady Gaga, Charlie Hunnam, and Seth Rogen. It's a hard one. Who's Charlie Hunnam? How do you not know? He is the hottest man in the whole... Yeah, someone showed... Yeah, someone... He is... Oh, my goodness. He was originally the Fifty Shades of Grey guy. He was. Yeah. If you can't tell, Aaron just saw him. I, I interviewed him once at a, at a round table, and I mean, it was like, his energy is just completely off the freaking charts. So yeah, Lady Gaga, Charlie Hunnam, Seth Rogen, bang, marry, kill. Who would like to start us off? I'll start. Okay. I, Aries energy is very intimate to me. I'm with an Aries. Um, definitely, wait. So Seth Rogen has always reminded me of my uncle, who is also an Aries, so I don't necessarily want to go down that rabbit hole. Funny, love the energy, like, really resonate with him, but I think maybe kill Seth Rogen. Not that I would kill my uncle, but I don't really want to marry him. It's your only option. It's my only yeah. option. And the other two are also just such good options. So I think, uh, I think, oh, I've said this before, I feel like... Because Charlie Hunnam's really hot. But if I marry them, so I would have... <laughs> but then every kid, I would have, like... I feel like if you marry someone, you'd have more opportunities to sleep with them. Yeah. So it's more of a long... That's more of a long-term thing. <laughs> long-term thing. Whereas, yeah. like... So I think maybe marry him and then, like, uh, bang Gaga. So she'd be, like, your side chick. Yeah, she could take me. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know she's gonna I know she, I'm with it I know she'll dominate too so 
So yes. she'll be fun. She'll be flirt. Like they're fiery. They're fun. Sounds fun. Kyle. Yeah, I feel kind of pretty similar about that. I mean, Seth Rogen. Me, fire. Um, <laughs> we're going to kill him. And Poor Seth Rogen. I am totally down to have Charlie Hunnam's baby. Yeah. So I expect that to happen every single day. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to make sure that it's chained to me. And so I'm going to marry him. And yeah, I'm going to be Lady Gaga. Yeah, who wouldn't? Yeah. Lauren? It's funny. I had the same internal battle <laughs> over this really non issue, issue, um, quality yeah. problems. Like, I totally would hang out with Seth Rogen. I'm not a weed smoker, but, like, if you were, that's probably who you'd want to smoke with. But, yeah, so right here. The only <laughs> I've never been married to different folks. Really? I mean, we are in LA. Pretty much every sure. human. Yeah. Probably animal smokes weed here. My cat gets high for sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So I don't want to kill him, but it's the only option, so... Yeah. You know, he's third on the list. I'm sorry, Seth, if you're listening. Um, yeah, I, I was like, Gaga seems amazing. I have beyond respect for her. I think she's just so talented and seems like a really good human, too. Cool person. Um, yeah, I mean, Charlie Hunnam. Who wouldn't want to wake up to hit Charlie Hunnam every single day? Yeah, so I think I have to echo the sentiment. Seems to be unanimous well, thus right? far. I, I'm not supposed to give my opinion, but I, I should, um, because it's going to be a little bit different. You know what? I like... Seth Rogen a lot, and I would love to wake up to him every morning just Flavor. like rolling a big... He would be good he'd be, you know he'd be good at cuddling. Yeah, he'd be a great cuddler. He would just like, you know, feed me, you know, roll joints all the time. He's probably a really good, probably good boyfriend. Really yeah, like that's the kind of man, you know, you want to marry, probably, if you're somebody like me, and then... I literally, I'm trying to see you guys together. You'd be just like cloud nine all the time. Well, I'd be like, and it's a polarity. where are you? And you're, you're like, like He's yes, well, he's married, sadly, very happily, and as much as I love Lady Gaga, because I truly do love her, um, I wouldn't want to be married to her, because I just feel like that would be, like, you never know what if she's going to kind of wake up and be a certain way, um, so I would have to say I would kill Lady Gaga, even though it would kill me to kill Lady Gaga, but and then, you know, uh, have Charlie Hunnam be my side piece. Uh, when Seth argue doesn't do it for me. <laughs> so that really covers it for everything we are talking about today. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in. We love doing this show. And thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Where can everyone find you online? And Do you have any upcoming projects you want to plug or tell anyone about? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This was more fun than I even expected. I knew it was going to be fun, but it was super fun. Um, Instagram, Ms. Lauren White, M-S-L-A-U-R-E-N-W-H-I-T-E. Twitter is Ms. underscore Lauren underscore White, because apparently there's a million of us. <laughs> I literally know two besides you. Really? Yes. That's crazy. I know. And growing up, I was the only Lauren that I'd ever even heard of. So then I go to college, and people are like, that's such a common name. And I was like, is it? And I found out that apparently it is. It is. So, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Instagram's kind of my, my main one. Absolutely. I have a pilot coming out. Well, it's in development. So I can't say anything about it yet, but I'm excited about it. Um, yeah, Portal, I'm not exactly sure what's happening with that, but I, I know it's it's done. It's just a matter of when it's 
going to premiere and that kind of thing. Awesome. And thank you for having me. Of course. Me. And guys, yeah, make sure to follow Lauren because I really do feel like in a year from now or probably less, it's going to be really cool. I have the chills. These are my psychic chills. I do this usually when I talk about television um, at After Buzz TV, and I'm like, this is what's going to happen next week. I'm like, I have the chills. It's going to happen. But I just feel like you are really going to blow up soon, so please, please, please follow her to catch up on that. And you guys can find me, Sam Davidson, at SamD43 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find me, I'm Aaron, at, on Instagram at astrology underscore coach. And I am Kyle Thomas, and you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Kyle Thomas, M-R-K-Y-L-E-T-H-O-M-A-S. Thank you so much for listening in, and if you have any questions or thoughts or things you just want us to address in, in future episodes, reach out. You can do so at our Astro Kiki Radio on Instagram, or our email address is astrokikiradio at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Astro Kiki Radio on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Astro Kiki Radio, and you can also check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure to join us next week, and don't forget, we are the only e-news of astrology. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.